We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. Once again, it is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. It is Friday morning. That gentleman you see below me today is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. And we are thrilled to be joined by Cleveland State head coach Dennis Gates, who is in Indy right now preparing his team for a trip to the NCAA tournament. Dennis, what's going on, man? Thanks for being here. Hey, man. Thank you guys for having me, having us, and having Cleveland State University represented. It, I'll tell you what, it, it's amazing. Uh, you and I talked briefly yesterday morning, but it's amazing what you've been able to do in year two. I, I don't think people, and I don't, I didn't bring you out here to disparage anything from, from the previous regime because I know you're too smart for that and would never do that. Um, but you took over a tough situation, no doubt about it. And you, you completely flipped this program very quickly in two years, getting them to the NCAA tournament. Can you kind of tell people how many guys – um, from the roster you inherited, you still have on the team right now? Yeah, from the roster we, we inherited, um, you know, uh, it's it's three, four guys. Uh, we have a walk-on. But, you know, I've never been taught to look at these situations as bad jobs. From Leonard Hamilton, the GOAT himself, I look at it as great opportunities. He's built three programs, Oklahoma State, Miami, and Florida State. So I hadn't had the luxury of looking at, uh, jobs like they were bad they were great opportunities and that's what he taught me man so take me through um the the moment that you qualified the moment that you won the moment you hear that buzzer sound and you realize that you're you're going to the ncaa tournament it's year two at cleveland state one did you expect it this quickly and two uh like how how fulfilling is it to finally get there well, I, I'll say this. It's not just me. It's definitely a handful of people who roll their sleeves up. Our staff, Rob Summers, Drew Joyce III, Ryan Shawball, Dickie Nutt, uh, Chase Goldstein, and Rosby Mutchison, those guys have had a part in it, a major part in it, because you can't do it alone, right? Mm -hmm. And then it matters with the leadership on the campus. President Harlan Sands and Athletic Director Scott Garrett have been unbelievable as a host of other people who allowed the transition to take place the way that it has. But ultimately, I just look simply at uh, being able to uh, connect with the kids and connect with the players and them being able to believe in the vision that I have to build a program. But ultimately, I stand on the shoulders of Leonard Hamilton and George Ravlin and obviously the coaches before me uh, that were there that had success, Kevin Mackey, 
uh, Gary Waters. These are people I reached out to as soon as I got the job and they were so receptive and so receiving of you'll do a good job, you'll do a good job. And that confidence is what you need. That vote of confidence is what you need from the veterans in our game. So how many Mouse McFadden references do you think we're going to have this week? <laughs> I'll say this. Mouse McFadden came to see me on my first day in the office. Did he really? I, yeah, I did not have to reach out to him. He came to wow. the office, That's man, cool. That's as, cool. a host, as a host of other Sweet 16 members. That's right. Awesome. Sean Hood, Pat Biancheck, all those guys came back and and really embraced us. Norris Cole gave me a call as soon as I got the job. There's tradition there that speaks volumes for Cleveland State. But ultimately, the most most important thing that I look at, Jeff, is this, man. John McClendon got his first opportunity at Cleveland State University to be the first black coach at a predominantly white institution in 1966. The first thing I did when I got to the city was go to his gravesite. Wow. Wow. That's very cool. Now, they, they, again, people don't understand the tradition of Cleveland State. Mm -hmm. They don't. I, I don't think. I mean, again, because, you know, I, I think some of the older guys like me, some of the young bucks like Rob maybe uh, don't. <laughs> I know Norris Cole. I remember the game when he scored 40. What was it? Yeah. It was 41 points, 20 41. rebounds, and nine assists as a point guard. I vividly remember. That's uh, unreal. So, Dennis, let me ask you this. Yeah, I'm filling out my bracket, right? I'm planning on picking an upset somewhere. Why am I picking Cleveland State to make an upset in the first round of the NCAA tournament? No one's picking us, man. <laughs> <laughs> you like it that way, don't you? Like, nobody's picking us. I love it. And, love and, it. And, and, and the thing is this. It's the madness and the magic in March. Mm -hmm. And we've been a part of it. To be at this stage, man, it speaks volumes, and Jeff, you you spoke about it earlier, the condition of the program, but also where we are in year two. Uh, we were selected preseason number seven, but to get to this point, we're not here without getting through 93 to 94% of Horizon League games. It's so much maturation that happens through a season from the beginning to the end, and that process, the organization of our commissioner, Julie, she did a great job of getting us to this point and planning ahead to play against the different styles on our on our um, it, on these rosters, the different talents. There are some great coaches in a Horizon League that come from great pedigree, man, and they do some things that are not traditionally done. Some some conferences you just have a style of play. Well, you have guys coming from every which direction, and you also have veterans like Scott Nagy, Greg Campy, yeah. Mike Davis. Yeah. Them dudes have seen a lot of basketball. Those wow. are some great coaches, yes. over 500 games, right? They are very talented dudes, and they are Hall of Famers in their own right and definitely will be voted as Hall of Famers. But, they're, they're, man, this conference is a tough conference. Give, give me the quick 30-second breakdown of your team, if you can do it, a minute tops. <laughs> a minute tops into oh. – yeah why you guys can pull the upset look i don't i don't look at things like 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 an upset but i would right. say this our team is connected our team is uh excited to be here um you know we don't look or check out the boxes of the net rankings and different things like that but our guys 
are, are, are a talented group of guys who love to play with each other and for each other. Uh, and sometimes a little bit of that is needed along the way. Uh, we have some veteran guys, uh, Aljavon Eichelberger, uh, you know, Tory Patton, Deontay Johnson. Those are guys that were remaining here. But we have guys that were in their first year, uh, our point guard, Craig Boldwan, um, our, our defensive player of the year in our conference, Trey Gomillion, um, and obviously uh, Demoy Hodge, a, a kid who ended up scoring 46 points in the game this season. Uh, but we have a host of other guys. I'm excited about our bench and the energy that they give us uh, throughout the game, but also the young guys, Jason Woodridge. Uh, you have Yael Hill. You have um, Alec Oglesby. Those guys are, are going to be good players. And I just truly think we're just connected as a group. So well, listen, I, I know you don't want to talk about this, but I have to ask you just because I think it's <laughs> fascinating. I'm not going to ask you about job stuff, okay? Because everybody knows you're in the mix for some jobs, whatever. You, I know you. We talked about it yesterday morning. You, you don't want to talk about that. You want to be focused. But I, I think it's hilarious how Boston College is open right now. And, and your wife is a senior. I didn't even know this until like two months ago. Somebody told me, yeah, yeah. Dennis Gates' wife is a senior associate AD. <laughs> the first thing I thought about is, wait, wait. Dennis is coaching in Cleveland. His wife's living in Boston. How are they doing this? How are they – like how tough is it? Yeah, it's, it's tough, but it's, you know, it's, it's done in several other industries as well uh, because, you know, she has a dream and I have a dream. And, you know, it would have been selfish for either of us to um, put pressure on pursuing or not pursuing that dream. Uh, she's very good in her space um, and talented, um, you know, but ultimately she knew my passion and know, know, knows what um, – you know, my dream is, and I think when the opportunity came here uh, to Cleveland, which I'm very thankful for, um, you know, we, we, we just made it work. Um, the other thing is it's not done without the village, um, you know, and, and families, our family has been, has been unbelievable. Well, listen, Dennis, we appreciate the time. Um, it's been great hearing from you. I need you to do me one favor, though. What's the guy that? that coached me in college is named Todd McGinnis. He's at Case Western University. I know Todd. <laughs> Next time you see him, I need you to pass on a message for me. Tell him I said that he still can't guard me. Can you do that for me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I definitely will let, let him know that. But I want to say thank you guys for having me without a doubt. I got uh, this for you. Hey, I see my alma mater uh, is, is, is definitely represented. Jeff, I appreciate that. Uh, go Bears. But definitely Viking Nation, stand up. Go Vikes. Uh, we're excited to be here. Excited to represent the Horizon League. Congrats, man. Congrats. Enjoy it. And uh, I'll wave to you next week in Indy when I get there. From way <laughs> hey, Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Dennis. Yes, thanks, sir. Dennis. Appreciate it, man. All, All right. right. There yeah. you have it. Yeah. We're rolling with this. this we week. are. Two for two on good ones. Two for yeah, two. Yeah, like this has been good. I think uh, we got to line somebody up maybe for tomorrow. Well, well, we got someone. I got it lined up. We're good to we go. We already got one for tomorrow. Yeah. I, should I say it? Should we say it? I no. mentioned it to you the other day. It's who I mentioned no. the other day. Nope, don't say it. Just all right. Surprise. Surprise yep. everybody. Every day. So look, I gotta tell you, yesterday was such an unbelievably great day of basketball, right? Yeah. And yeah. I came I I came on the stream fired up yesterday. You remember that, right? Fired no, up about no. the game. Fired up was an understatement. Mood. Fired up with great mood. Yeah. We had yeah. a, it was the perfect day of basketball. I'm reminded why 
Stanford Steve came on here and basically said, like, yeah, Thursday of championship week is better than Thursday of the NCAA tournament. He's yeah. wrong, mind you. He's wrong. <laughs> he is but, wrong. But, but, but I understand the argument because yesterday was so much fun. Um, and between between the basketball games, between the one-year anniversary of everything blowing up, right. getting March hoops back, and yep. the announcements that not only are we getting those stimulus checks coming soon, but uh, every, every uh, adult American is going to be able to – be eligible for a vaccine starting May 1st. It's yeah. just, it feels like, it finally feels like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel for this thing. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm in a great mood today. I'm well, ready in a great to mood because you made money up. yesterday. You talk to Dennis Gates. It doesn't get better than this, Goodman. You made money yesterday, Rob. That's why oh, you're I crushed it. I crushed it. Did I, did I send you the graph? Yeah, I'm back yeah, in the positive. I'm back I in know. the green. We it's did amazing. it. I'm Look, it's, it's hilarious because like, the, my my bet chart on bet spurts is like yeah. this. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> but like I'm in the green now. I'm in the green. I'm I'm average. Like I'm my picks are like forty percent correct. Like forty eight percent. Your percentage your percentage is not good this year. But you've at least. But here's the up. thing: when I go in on something, I get it right. Like yeah. so, the, yeah. they explain this to me. The ROI number is minus eighteen point seven seven, which means on a standard one unit bet, I'm expected to lose eighteen percent. Of the money that I bet, but since I <laughs> since I since I bet so like the I I go heavy if I believe if I really like something I'm positive like you can check it out at bet spurts I've like every bet that I've made since January fourth and I'm positive money I'm winning I'm a winning want, I'm a winning better Jeffrey I still want to know my overall numbers I I wonder if we can combine them from before Mitch producer Mitch Adam yeah like like. I mean, they got to be pretty good this year. Like, honestly, you're you're probably at fifty five to fifty six percent. All right, I'm let's let's back. talk about what let's talk about what happened yesterday, and we can kind of get into today's slate. So, what was the what was the biggest takeaway for you? I mean, the biggest game was probably like Seton Hall beating St. John's. Um, in, in terms of like the game that had the most on the line, that I was interested interested to see the most, and, and then you had like you know a couple teams losing, but the biggest story was Duke. It was Duke. I mean, like, you could say whatever you want. That's what captured the headlines all day. And the, the best part is, Rob, literally, I was recording a podcast with Bob Ryan when I broke that. And I didn't stop the podcast. Like, I feel bad for Bob because I'm sitting there, like, texting, trying to keep up with, you know, like I do with you. But Bob, obviously, is Bob Ryan. You're you. You're you're a slapdick, and Bob Ryan's like a Hall of Famer. So I felt so Whoa. bad doing it to Bob Ryan. No, you're not going to be a Hall of Famer. Whoa, you know, I could be. You don't know that. My career's not over yet. It's early. It is early in your career. Um, you got a long Look, way you're to go. Old. You're old and almost washed, good man. I'm young. I'm like 35. I, still, I got, got a long, long way, way to go, go baby. Sure. I turn I'm you know what? You know what's scary? In exactly what's what's today? Is today the twelfth? Yeah, today's the twelfth. In exactly 20 days, I will officially be entering my late 30s. It's terrifying. So what is that? So do you count late 30s as 38? 36. 36 is late 30s. Late 30s. Yeah. Once no, you get past, once you get past five, you're late, whatever it is. Oh, no, that's mid-30s. That's mid-30s. You go early no. 30s, early 30s are 31, 32, 33, mid 34, 35, 36, and late probably 30, I don't know what 37 is, but late 38, 39. Yeah, 37, 38, 39. That's how you do it. I'm actually just trying to remember now if I'm actually going to be 36. Yeah, I'm going to be 36. You know, you know, you're getting old when you can't remember how old you actually are. <laughs> yeah, wait, just wait, just wait. 
Uh, anyway, um, so I would say those are the things that have the most pop to them. Like, you know, the, the Duke news is interesting because, um, again, like we don't know. I think I have an idea of what happened. I mean, again, as I put out, there was a walk-on who tested positive and contact tracing took out other players um, from the game. And and we just don't know if it was Duke and Kay saying, like, I'm not playing without, you know, Matthew Hurt and somebody else, or, or, or if it was their medical personnel that said, hey, this is your first positive all year for a player. So we know there's probably more that's going to or could come uh, in the next next couple of days. So we're not going to put anybody at risk here. I don't know exactly who made the call, um, but ultimately it, it, it kind of hurt what, what was a, a window that I was really looking forward to last night. Cause I was really looking forward to watching that game to see if Duke could go on the right side of the bubble. And they don't think they don't get that opportunity. Now, my big question to you, Rob, is the streak over? The Duke tournament streak. Correct. Is it over? Yeah. Officially, it's over. Why are we even having this conversation? Yeah, they're not close. Some people are telling me, well, you know, it wasn't like they didn't have an opportunity to, to, you know, they didn't get the opportunity. Oh, are you saying that the tournament streak is over? Yeah, okay. I got you. I get what you're asking. Yes. This counts as missing the tournament because you had to play your way to get into the tournament. Right? It's not. No, that doesn't work. Like, you, you played an entire season. Right, you had if, your opportunity. If they had only played the NCAA, the the ACC tournament, if that was it, if that was the whole year, then okay, you can make the argument that that, that you could put an asterisk next to this one. Yeah. But they were five hundred in the regular season. Yep, missing with that. Yep. No, 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 we're not having that conversation. Okay. I will not allow that conversation to be happening on my live stream. Um, so we also had Virginia hitting a, a game winning three against Syracuse. We had Oklahoma State coming back to beat West Virginia. We had Kentucky losing despite Dante Allen uh, leading this crazy comeback and having a wide-open three with a chance to win it. We had uh, a thrilling game between Texas and Texas Tech that that Texas had no business winning and somehow still managed to win. We had a double overtime game with Evan Mobley uh, and Utah. We had – what else? I'm missing stuff, too. Like, it was was just an unbelievable day of basketball yesterday. Outside of Duke, what was your biggest takeaway? Um – Goodman. You know, the, the Big 12 is more fun than the Big 10. I'm a D3 and, and Hall of Famer. I'm I've a said D3, that all that? year. D3 Hall of Famer. 82 Atlantic knows. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the Big 12, we've said it all year, everybody. It's the best Big 10 ever. Best the Big 10's ever been. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't really think so at the end of the day. I, I think the Big 12 is, is better at the top. They're top seven. And it's more fun to watch. Like, I love – I mean, again, I can watch Kate all day. I can watch Baylor all day. Uh, I love West Virginia. love watching them. I love watching Texas. Now, again, like, Kansas isn't fun to watch, but they're still Kansas. Texas Tech, I mean, they blew one last night. But, again, you've got Chris Beard and Bill Self trying to work their magic with their teams. I, I think the Big 12, to me, it's been more fun to watch this year. Yeah, I mean, it's the 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 style of play is different where teams are kind of getting up and down and they don't really play much defense. And even Baylor isn't really guarding anybody this year. So um, the last couple seasons, it's been like the Big 12 has been a league where it's, it's defense, defense, defense. and You're going to struggle to get out of the 60s, but not this season. Um, so here's my question. 
Do yeah. you think UCLA is in the NCAA tournament? Are they getting yeah. are they getting a bid? Their resume is awful. Right. What have they beaten one team? Who was Colorado once or something? Yeah, they beat Colorado, and, and that is kind of it. They swept uh Arizona too. So that well, last like, check, whatever, who cares? Right. So if you're looking at it, I w- I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna pull up UCLA's resume and I'm gonna pull up Colorado State's resume because those are two teams. Colorado State is a team that it feels like it's very much on the bubble, and UCLA is a team that very much feels like it's in based on what the narrative is. UCLA I don't is get two and fifty against quadrant one opponents. Colorado State is two and three. UCLA has five wins. They're five and eight against the top three quadrants. They also have that loss to Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament. Colorado State is three and five against the top three quadrants, but they don't have a bad loss to their resume. Their worst loss is one at Nevada in the the season finale, um, which is still a loss to a top 100 team on the road. That's not a bad loss. They won at San Diego State. They won at Utah State. They beat Boise State at home. Um, They don't have a great resume, but when you compare that to UCLA, who has a win over Colorado, a win at Arizona, and then really not much else on their resume, you know, they've beaten one NCAA tournament team. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So that's how close it is. I I, I still think Colorado State should probably uh, really focus on winning today. I forget. They have um, – who are they playing tonight? Oh, jeez. Virginia just popped. Virginia's out? Yeah. Virginia's out. Oh, my God. Well, more importantly is what does that mean for Virginia for the NCAA tournament? I mean, they're going to be a five seed regardless, but yeah. No, can they play? You have to have seven straight days of of negatives, yeah. right? Right. So um, today is Thursday. Well, you don't have to play until next Saturday. So, but man, we tried to tell people the conference tournaments were a bad idea. Yeah, but, this is. Um, I mean, again, we'll see here. We'll see what they can do, and and. It, you know, again, it's more of, all right, one player got it today. What does that mean for – and what player was it, number one? And how does that affect that player coming back if they're even able to play? And, and again, like you said, so we're we're Friday. They're going to play their first game a week from today, probably, mm-hmm. or eight days from today, seven or eight days from today. Um, right? By the way, if you go right now onto betrivers.com, you can yeah. still get Georgia Tech at plus 500 to win the ACC Conference Tournament title. Right now. Really? At Bet Rivers, plus 500. It's still up. They haven't taken it down yet. If you go fast, mm-hmm. you can grab it. Some of us might have already done that right now. So um, just, a thought, just something to throw out there fast. for the people. Trying to, trying to help everybody out. Um, You're fast, man. So, uh, all right. Let's talk about today's slate. Enough about yesterday. Yeah. Um, we have... Kicking off the day with Michigan against Maryland. Uh, we have Ohio State-Purdue in the 2 o'clock window. We have an f- interesting Florida-Tennessee matchup. We have UConn-Creighton tonight. Uh, we have Baylor-Oklahoma State again. We have a lot of good games today, a lot of really interesting games. Um, do you have a favorite bet? Because I have I have three that I really, go, really go like. Go first. I'm trying to work, work through this right now. Go first, and then I'll jump okay. in. So the first one that I really, really like um, – is uh, the, the the Georgetown money line against Seton Hall. Georgetown is 8-4 and four since they had their COVID pause, um, since they came back. 
They're a veteran group that's been playing much, much better. Um, we were on Georgetown yesterday, and we hit that bet. I'm not convinced that Seton Hall um, is really all that good. Uh, I, I don't think that they're a great team uh, by any stretch of the imagination. That line is plus two and a half. The money line is plus 120, um, and it is something where uh, I am probably going to end up being on the money line for Georgetown just to get a little bit of that extra juice, and, and it's something where I'm not convinced that uh, that Seton Hall is actually better. Um, I also really like UConn tonight. I, I just I think that they're a better team right now than Creighton. Um, I know Creighton's been rolling, but their last two wins have been blowouts of, of a Butler team that's been completely ravaged by injuries. UConn is getting a point. Uh, that money line is minus 105. If you're going to tell me I can get the team that is playing their best basketball at the right time, that is peaking, that's going to have the best player on the floor and that's going to have the best athletes on the floor, I'm going to take UConn. Um, I think they match up perfectly with Creighton in terms of uh, their ability to deal with the, the 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 space floor that Creighton wants to put out there. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the matchup with uh, with Marcus Zagorowski, but I do think that it's something where um, where UConn can at least vi- like keep him in check. Uh, I, there's one other small underdog that I like today, and that is Purdue. Um, they're getting a point and a half. Their money line is plus 100. Uh, I just look. I, I love Chris Holtman. Um, very, very good coach, but I think that um, the ability that Purdue has to take you out of what you want to run offensively, uh, combined with the fact that they are peaking at the right time, all of their young freshmen are now playing like sophomores, uh, to see the cliche, and um, I do think that they'll be able to uh, at least, um, at the very least, win the matchup on the offensive end of the floor with all the size that they have inside. So I like those three uh, small dogs. Um, I'm also... Uh, where, where was I just looking? Oh, yeah. Last one. Love North Carolina. North Carolina is plus two. Their money line is plus 112. I will be on them as well. This matchup to me just just screams um, screams you want to be on, on the Tar Heels here. I think that their backcourt is playing better. Uh, Caleb Love has the size to be able to deal with all of the length and athleticism yeah. that, that uh, Florida State is going to throw at them. Uh, I do think that North Carolina's front court is going to be able to just pound um, pound the Florida State in the paint. They're going to be able to get on the offensive glass. That's what they do best. Uh, so, yeah, those I, I, there's a lot of small underdogs that I really, really like tonight. All right, so go through them again. You like Purdue? I like Purdue. Yeah. I like it right here. Look at the screen. Yeah, UConn. UConn. Yeah. Um, I like North Carolina as a small yep. dog. Yeah. And who am I missing on the last one? Say like Georgetown? Yeah, Georgetown. I like Georgetown. I like Seton Hall, so I'm going to go against you there. I just think they're the better team, and I don't love their point guard play, but I still think they they need one more. In their minds, if they lose to Georgetown, right, that's a bad loss. Well, Seton Hall has to win the Big East tournament to get in. I See, I don't think – Beating Georgetown is not going to change anything. Well, losing to Georgetown puts them out, in my opinion. They're out right now. They're not in the tournament right now. They yeah, have to. They have to. They have to win. Well, they have to win. They have to win. They have to win the automatic bid. Yeah, I don't know if they have to, but I, I think they're in in decent shape if they beat Georgetown. Depending on what some of these other teams do. Um, anyway, so I'm taking Seton Hall here, uh, given the three. I'm taking Purdue with you. I like that. Uh, I like. Uh, I like uh, Memphis, given six and a half against Central Florida. I think Memphis has to have – really, I like the favorites in the AAC. 
because I think they all think they're playing for something, right? Wichita, minus nine. Can't lose to South Florida. Can't. You lose, you're probably out. Mm -hmm. SMU, they think they're playing for something. Again, it's going to take them probably getting to the championship game to have any chance of being on the right side of the bubble. Probably not going to happen. But they're favored by six over Cincy team that all of a sudden David Julius opts back in. He's been out all year. He's been out yeah. like for, for months. He, like John Brandon, like I don't understand. You're letting him off back in? This, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. They stink, first of all. They stink. So, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go Oregon against Oregon State. It's just the Dana Altman rule. Uh, it pays off more than it, it it bites you in the ass. And then uh, Western Kentucky over UAB. I'm going with Slick Rick here. Slick Rick, veteran guard in Hollingsworth, one of the best big men in the country, Charles Bassey. UAB's good. We 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 know who who coaches. You know a Andy Kennedy against Slick Rick. It's a great coaching matchup in Conference USA. But I'm I'm going with Slick Rick here. I just and texted then, AK that you're picking against them, which is going right. to guarantee the win. So I'll take I'll take UAB there. Right. Um, <laughs> just my, favorite, my favorite, um, my favorite, my uh, favorite daily double, whatever you want to call it today, is Seton Hall and Iona. All right, your, your favorite daily double. You're calling it a daily double, okay? We went. You we know why? We call you it know, a daily double. I am calling it a daily double because we got a little Rick Pitino and Kevin Willard action. And and slick Rick Patino. So I'm going with both slick Ricks too today. There's a lot of lot of things. All the slick here. Ricks. All the slick Ricks. Uh, slick Rick Patino is given six and a huge coaching matchup against Greg Paulus. Okay, and if if slick Rick Patino uh, wins this one, he is one victory away from doing something that John Calipari and Mike Shishovsky will not do this year, and that's go to the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Rick Patino is in the tournament. And K and Cal are not like it, it would just be like the ultimate 2021 deal already, like crazy, crazy. Yeah. So I'm thinking I own a given six. All right, there's a couple of other really, really interesting games that I do want to talk about before we get out of here. Uh, we have Texas and Kansas as the nightcap in the Big 12, and we have Oklahoma State and Baylor, um, tipping off at 6 30 tonight, uh, in the first game uh, of the Big 12 tournament today, which by the way, like. Did Fran Fraschilla call all four games of the Big 12 tournament yesterday? I I'm pretty sure he did. He wasn't the only one. I feel like somebody else called all four in, in a league. The, he, they yeah. might have, but, like, I just remember I uh, he was calling the West Virginia-Oklahoma State game, and then I was listening to him call the Texas-Texas Tech game. I was like, you, has he been in there all day? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's a long day. He crushed it, though, man. It is, but, like, you know, again, Fran's a worker. Fran's a, a, a grinder. I, the the thing that I like about Fran um, is that he's just completely associated himself with like Big Twelve basketball to the point where it's like when there's a big Big Twelve matchup on and it's not Fran Fraschilla on the call, I'm like, what? Like, what, what's what going on? Doing? Right. What yeah. are we? Doing? It's it's like back in the day when uh, like when when a big Duke game was on, you would just expect Dick Vitale to be on the call and you would just expect yep. to hear his voice. It's yep. when, when the Big 12 is on, I just expect to hear Fran Fischilla. And when it's not him, it's kind of like, well, what do we what, – what, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. what's 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 going on here? So, um, shout out to Fran. Uh, all right. So, I like Oklahoma State getting nine in that spot. Yeah, I kind of do too. I mean, again, I just feel like, like – I mean, they can win it by more than nine. But, like, I don't know. 
Oklahoma State's playing so well right now. It, it almost feels like they're on a little bit of a mission here. Yeah, I guess. Um, my big thing is that uh, I don't think Baylor has been very good defensively since they came out of their paws. And I made this point again, and I'm not going to go on the rant about it again, but um, they just, they're, they're, not, they're not as good defensively as they were when they went into the paws. And there's lots of reasons for that, and we can get into it, and I think that they'll find a way to figure it out. But um, when, you're not, when you're not great in rotation, you're able to give up straight line drives. That's like the one thing that Oklahoma State does really, really well is they have a bunch of guys that can make straight line drives to the basket. So yep. uh, I do like Oklahoma State in that spot. Um, I think I like Texas too, just because not having McCormick. McCormick's the one guy that they have so much trouble matching up with because of his size inside. Texas has swept yep. Kansas so far this season. Um, and they just they're able to match up, you know, the 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 reason why Kansas had so much success against Oklahoma, especially in the first half, was because they were able to kind of go to some of their small ball lineups and you know, Mitch Lightfoot was really effective when they were able to get him. Uh, post touches. I don't think that that's going to happen against Jericho Sims. I don't think that they're going to be able to create the mismatches with a front line that has Greg Brown and Kai Jones on it. So uh, I really like Texas in that spot. A um, couple more. Arkansas laying four and a half. I think I like Arkansas there. I don't have a great feel on it. Um, and like, Alabama like- laying eight against Mississippi State. I don't know. Michigan laying eight and a half against Maryland. Do you like any of these? Not particularly. No, I don't. I don't love any of those. Uh, what do I like? Someone in the chat asked us the question earlier, by the way, um, on Eli Brooks, and I was listening to Brendan Quinn, the beat writer for the the Athletic, um, Michigan's beat writer, was on our podcast with Stu Douglas yesterday, and he uh, did not report any news, but he kind of insinuated that his feel is that the best case scenario is a return for the. For the second week and the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, and anything before that should just be looked at as icing on the cake. Um, that, Brendan, is, Brendan, Brendan is the kind of guy that if he's if he's insinuating that, then I I'm yeah. going to listen to what he has to say. Now, again, like we saw with Justin Moore, like this is the kind of thing that he maybe he'll just be back and maybe he'll just play. If it's a sprained ankle, for the most part, that's kind of like a pain tolerance thing, right? Yep. Yep. Um, anything else? Anybody else have any questions in the chat? Anyone else think we got any wins? Uh, what do you guys think? Hey, what, what are you guys liking this? Bringing on somebody at the beginning of the um, at the beginning because we want to we want to make sure we're we're kind of doing this for you guys. So, um, if it's something you'd rather not have, uh, let us know. Obviously, we've locked in somebody for tomorrow, but we can you know we can do it even early next week uh, in the off days on monday tuesday wednesday i'm sure we can get somebody uh every you know every day we can get some coach or somebody so um let us know let us know on that yes yes you guys want it good 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 um Uh, one last one last thing jeff uh so i have been adam you missed it western kentucky go with go with slick rick both slick um and to answer mid-major matt do you guys think syracuse is in i think that that at the end of the day they will get in um, I'm not, I think it's going to be a sweat and I would not be surprised if they ended up in the playing game, but I do think that they will probably get in pending what happens in some of these other smaller conference tournaments. Last thing I want to mention, Jeff is, uh, is there's this, um, there's this fundraiser called the Husky ticket project, which is something yeah. that UConn Twitter does. You've participated in this where yeah. they, uh, they have people just take shots of hot sauce 
Um, you post a video on the Twitter and then you say a link to the Husky Ticket Project, and it's just kind of to raise awareness and try to raise money. They've raised something like seventy grand since January yeah. for this, um, and their goal is to make seven grand during the Big East tournament uh, throughout March. I'm making a hot sauce hot sauce bet with every a fan of of every team that UConn plays in March. So I beat Chris Childers, the uh, radio host that is a, a DePaul grad, yesterday. So he's taking a shot at hot sauce today. Um, so I'm looking for a Creighton fan to challenge uh, in um, in a hot shot uh, a hot sauce uh, taking contest, a hot sauce shot taking contest. Well, I need to tempt your hands, find some hot sauce in 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 Lithuania. I might I might have to do it. I, I'm going to tweet out about needing a, a Creighton fan. How, but, about, um, how about Doug McDermott? I could chat. I don't. I don't well, one. I know you know Doug way better than I do. Um, I don't know if Doug would do it. It would screw yeah, up. And it was like, like we're talking. We're talking about taking shots of hot sauce here. Like I, I don't know if I want to ask a professional athlete if they want to. Well, take a Doug, shot of hot Doug, sauce. Doug's very meticulous in his pregame routine. I don't think he wants to have to leave the bench in the middle of the game. To go <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like he'll have to take uh, a shot at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind making your hands do it because he's in Lithuania. I can't imagine that the food in Lithuania is uh is I, all I, that good. I've, I've had hot sauce in Lithuania. I've had it. I know it's there. He can find okay. a, a bottle of hot sauce. Okay, I'll, I'll see if we can make it work. Um, but but yeah, I think that's that's about it. Man. On here. Joe Stackhouse is not coming on here. Trust me. <laughs> if he did, if he did, it would be must see TV. Trust no. me. No, we we do not It'd need be that. Awesome. We do not need that. We're I, trying to... I got no problem inviting him. I got no problem inviting any coach who hates me. Anybody let's who hates it. me. Let's have that be something we do in the off season. Off season. Good <laughs> I, don't, I don't need. I don't need that. We'll I don't need to that fight. I'll just. What's going to happen is you guys are going to start arguing, and I'm just going to go like this. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Probably true. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.